Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, got another uh, jam-packed recruiting show for you all and on this episode, and we're going to start things off with uh, national, regional, I don't know, how, <laughs> how do you describe it? 24-7 Sports recruiting analysts, former Through the Smoke host. Uh, Andrew Ivins for his thoughts on uh, what he saw out at Las Vegas, out at the overtime seven on seven. Seemed like a big time event. A lot of a lot of UM targets and just local guys in general competed out there. And uh, also just go big picture and get his thoughts on Miami's recruiting efforts here um, through this point of the cycle. We're almost, uh, I guess we kind of are at the six month point until the early signing period. So um, plenty more time to go in this cycle, but still, uh, you know, we're creeping forward and things are getting real from a recruiting standpoint, commitment, uh, process. Uh, but Andrew, how you doing, man? Have you recovered from your days out in Las Vegas? I think I finally have recovered, you know, um, that red eye flight back from, the West Coast with with a kid crying on the oh, majority boy. of the flight. Yeah, it, it wasn't fun, but part of the job. I'm here. Um, you know, I'm just ready to get through June and get into July, yeah. and then the season. Uh, but I, I'm I'm recovered. Is that is that overtime event expected to be the the top seven on seven event of the summer? So yeah, that 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 w- that was the the big event. You know, there's okay. gonna be no seven on seven this year at at the Elite Eleven Finals, and I'll be honest, I had some doubts going into that event, and it turned out to work out really really well. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they keep it in Vegas moving forward, um, just because everything was at night because it's so hot. I mean, at one point we were in right. the car and the, and the temperatures are 115 degrees, but I thought it was good, and you know. We'll see if they get into year if it makes it to year two, but I think it will because a lot of these teams and kids are probably, um, you know, have have some FOMO that they didn't get to go. So I think year right. two could could be even better. So seven on seven events are fun when you got big time quarterbacks uh, competing, right? And this this week's event or the overtime event uh, had some of the premier arms competing. Uh, Nico, I am Lavea, probably still in butchering that. But uh, our listeners know who that is. Tennessee commit, five-star guy, arm talent off the charts. And then, uh, you know, there was others, but really uh, from a Miami standpoint, right, Jaden Rashada, who has recently pushed back his commitment. Miami's kind of uh, hanging around there in that recruitment. And Dante Moore, who is another top 50-ish type player in the country, uh, Miami's hanging around there as well. I just want to get your big picture takes on maybe the top quarterbacks at the event, Andrew, and and what you thought of them there. Yeah, so I did a uh, a dream team that was assigned to me, and uh, you know I watched as many games as I could. I was there for the um, duration of the event, and, and and Nico to me was was my favorite quarterback. You know he didn't win a, a championship. I, I think it's kind of hard to put stock into the actual results of these games, but in terms of arm talent, um, you know potential ceiling frame all that stuff i'm a huge fan of i am Alieva. i think i've made that pretty clear in the past so he, he was my dream team but the guy you know that that f- w- was second that i was also considering was dante moore you know he did lead 
C1N, which is Cam Newton's squad, all the way into the finals. And Cam's offense is a little weird in, in terms of it kind of shelters the quarterback. There's not not a ton of vertical shots and that stuff. I mean, you know, while Nico was spraying it all over the place, Dante Moore was was way more precise. And I think it's I think it's I'm not, I'm not knocking him from that. That's just kind of the, you, you can only go by the play caller, which was Cam Newton. Um, but it was a different style of quarterback. With that being said, I thought Dante Moore was sharp. He was in control. He didn't make many bad decisions and. You know, I go back to what he's done on on Friday nights, 30 and six as a starter, um, three year starter. You know, he's going to start over 50 games um, at, at at the prep level. And he's he's kind of a winner. And, the, and then tossing the fact that he just turned 17 years old and there's there's really a lot to like about Dante Moore. I know our guys, he, he's in that five star conversation. Um, you know, I, I think he's right there on, on the brink. So that's how highly we think of him. And I'll and I'll add this. And I think you guys know this as well. I mean, he was throwing all weekend with a a Miami uh, football. He's got like some Nike or a, excuse me, Adidas football with a Miami logo on it. I, I don't read anything into that. Um, sure. I just thought that was funny when you're going through your photos and you're like, is that is that a Miami logo on on the football he's using? <laughs> so tell me this. So we saw both Nico and Dante at the Battle Miami, right, or Battle South Florida. Um, at that event, you know, I think Nico was was who we thought he was in terms of being a big time prospect. I think Dante kind of had a uh, quieter weekend, um, but it sounds like, and this is the point of just competing in every seven on seven tournament you can in an off season, right? That progression can definitely happen over the course of six months. Do you think that's fair to say with Dante? Do you think he's just more comfortable in that seven on seven now this off season? And also you mentioned like pushing the ball downfield. Maybe that wasn't a part of his offense. Are you concerned at all about that in his no, game? No, I'm not. You know, everyone thinks we overreact to these these seven on seven events and mm -hmm. uh, these data points and live exposures. And I think it's kind of the opposite. You know, this is just another another evaluation for us in person. I mean, I I think it would be foolish to just kind of read specifically into one event and, and try to dictate your rankings. Now, I mean, are we going to make moves based on this event? Sure, but it's more of us. You know, our, our, our eyes aligning with what we think um, in, in terms of the film and all that stuff. I think Dante at that Miami tournament, I don't know how much he wanted to be there. You know, who also yeah. didn't look great that tournament was like CJ Carr. Uh, and he obviously committed to Notre Dame. He's the, the 2024 quarterback. So I'm not really concerned about about Dante. I think when when the, when the lights are on and, and the bullets are flying, he's one of the best in the class. And I always toss this question out to to my peers and, I, you know, if if we need a game winning drive, like who is the guy in this top five or six that you're going to pick? And for the longest time for me, like the answer was Dante Moore. From what I saw of, of Nico out in Vegas, maybe he would be my answer moving forward. But I still think in, in terms of gamer mode, Dante is one of the best in, in the class of 2023. And I think that counts a lot. Dante's film is definitely good. Want to ask you too about Jaden Rashada, then we'll let Gabby throw some questions at you. But Jaden, obviously a guy Miami fans are curious about now is it seems like Miami's trying to make a late push. Um, how did he look in the tournament? I guess, you know, you, you made it clear, Nico and Dante, your top two. How far behind would Jaden Rashada be, of you know, from those guys? Yeah, I don't think he's that far behind Dante Moore. Um, I, I Jaden, I probably would have ranked, I think, third. Um, and now Malachi Nelson was the, was the other big name quarterback out there uh, who's committed to USC. I just didn't think he had that great of a 
four days. And, you know, I'm not the only one that shares that thought. I mean, South Florida Express won the tournament and the, the tournament's MVP was uh, Colin Hurst, who is at Davey Western, who has put up awesome numbers um, at, at the high school level, but he he's not a, you know, a power five prospect and SFE rolled with him over, over Malachi at times. And I think Malachi was kind of dealing with some injuries, but Jaden Rashada, this is my first live exposure to him. Um, and he throws a, a really, what I would call, I, I guess this is a weird word to say, but like a pretty, a pretty football. I love how he gets over the top of it with his release and, and just kind of throws it to all different levels. He can layer the football really well. I, I think it's a catchable football. He wasn't there on Thursday. Um, you know, I, he turned it over a little bit on, on Friday it's Saturday. And then, and then the Miami Immortals ended up getting bounced pretty early on. So I would have liked to see a little bit more of him. But I think in, in terms of just his ability to distribute the football, um, his mechanics, his his size, um, there's there's a lot a lot to like with 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 Jaden. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've been talking about like the South Florida, the 2023 receivers and all that stuff. A few of them out there were kind of in the meat of this recruiting class now. Just you know, kind of your takes on how some of those guys performed out there, and I guess really just like your thoughts on you know these this group of guys now that were you know as David mentioned, you know, just like six months away from from National Signing Day, and uh, you know, just how how you how you're sort of feeling about those guys now compared to some of the other receivers that maybe you saw out there from across the country. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the full, the full spread out there. Cause Hakeem Williams, I think he was visiting um, um, Texas A&M, but uh, pretty much everyone else from, well, I guess Andy Jean was also visiting. Was he visiting yeah. Texas A&M? Yeah. So it would, it would have been nice to get those guys. And, and then, you know, Nathaniel Joseph, who I think you guys saw tear up right. uh, green tree that Saturday, but there was a lot of them. And, and we've seen so many of these guys, you know, I, I think Brandon Ennis, and I know Miami's kind of on the outside looking in in that recruitment, but they are very much involved. Like I wouldn't be surprised if if, if Miami kind of hangs around. And, and I, I like Ohio State for Brandon Ennis, but um, you know he he's just uh, I keep arguing with our guys and you know some of my alpha. colleague colleague he, like he yes he is an alpha. He is the heart and soul. I mean I wrote a, a feature kind of right before Memorial Day weekend. Like that kid hates to lose, right. and I think. That is such a valuable asset um, when you talk about roster building and you look at what's going on at at Florida and Miami yeah. and you know I, I guess culture say, and yeah, talent exactly they they're trying to get guys that you know if you kind of read between the lines about what Mario has said and what Billy Napier has said like they want alphas in the locker room that are if if the team loses and someone doesn't care you know, Brandon's going to make sure that kid cares. And I think that is his X factor. And then on top of that, I think he, he just looked awesome. He, he might be the best seven on seven player in the country. Um, excited to see him as a senior. Cause I think we forgot as a junior, he played quarterback, but the one area of his game, I think he's really improved uh, is after the catch. And I know it's seven on seven. So it sounds way weird to say that, but he's got a nice little burst to him. He's got good vision. I, I saw some of it in the spring. So I thought Brandon, um, was awesome. You know, he is as good as advertised. I personally would have him as, as a five-star. I mean, we'll see where he finishes in that 32. Um, but it, it was a statement for him. Um, you know, Jalen Brown, Robbie Washington, they, they were with the immortals. I, you know, I don't want to say I was like disappointed. I, I was just hoping to maybe see a, a little bit more, you know, they had Jerion Dickey, um, the Oregon commit, uh, 
I wouldn't use the term guest play. Like when I was growing up playing youth soccer, if you had like a kid that was outside of your area playing or your team, it'd mm-hmm. be called guest play. But these seven on seven teams are so uh, all over the country now. I, I, so I guess Jurion Dickey's a member of the Immortals. Um, but anyways, he, he joins that team and he really became the alpha on offense, which I thought was was interesting because, you know, Jalen's there. Um, Robbie Washington's been there. I just, you know, I thought I would see more from those two in the tournament. Um, and, and really it was it was Dickey that came in and, and kind of flexed his muscle as the dude um, for the Immortals. Where I, I was going to say really quick, just with Dickey, like, I mean, he came down, he spent some time, I guess, in South Florida, you know, took like an unofficial to Miami. Any any juice there for, for Miami or do you think he's all Oregon? You know, I, I didn't talk to him a, a, a ton, um, but he seems like a kid. Like, I don't think, I mean, he, he kind of seems like not spacey, but I mean, yeah. There's a video where he uh, someone interviewed him and he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't watch football. Yeah. Uh, he's like he, a big fisherman or something yeah. like that. That's something I heard with like, and that's apparently Mario like attacked that. Like he knew that about him. Apparently he like walked onto Miami's campus with a fishing pole to like find a spot to fish on campus. Like the kid loves fishing and Mario Cristobal was well aware of that. Yeah. Like I, I'll say this. I mean, I interacted with, with Dickie for, I don't know, five minutes and it was more just talking about fishing. Like I didn't, press the buttons on the recruitment or anything like that. But, I, you know, I didn't get the vibe where it was like, hey, uh, Dan Lanning's my guy. I, I'm a duck. Um, like, I think that recruitment could definitely have a, a second life to it, especially as we get closer with NIL and all that stuff. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's a guy Miami not pivots to, but eventually cranks it up with. I'm curious, Andrew, you know, and this doesn't have to be the guy's just the guys that competed in Las Vegas. This is all the South Florida guys, the receivers, the receiver group. I'm curious where you draw the line of um, the guys that would be the, let's call it elite, right? The the game-breaking potential guys. And all these guys are good. So if, if Andrew doesn't throw some of these guys in that elite game-breaking uh, you know, category, it doesn't mean they're they're not good. I'm just curious, like where he draws the line in South Florida for at the receiver position of of you know a game changer. Who who would you say are those type of guys in this cycle? Well, like I I, I think a better way to put it is guys that I feel super confident are gonna be dudes on Saturdays. Is is that okay. is That's that a better is that yeah. a better way to put it? That's fine. So I think you got to start with Ennis, right? I feel like we've got enough exposure to him. I, you know, the, the biggest thing for him is he's just going to get torn apart moving forward because we've just seen him so much. So I, I feel super good about him. He's going to go to Ohio. Yeah. Or if he goes to Ohio state, I should say he'll be productive. He, yeah. He's going to have a thousand yards receiving in multiple years. You know, Hakeem Williams. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I think if you place him like at an IMG or something like that and, Don Zelotti, who's the guy at, uh, at IMG Academy, you know, he tossed out this comp a while back that Hype Keem Williams has got like some Ja'Cory Brooks to him. And and I know we've only seen a small sample size of Ja'Cory Brooks at Alabama, but I think that comp works so well. Um, he's a freak in, in terms of what yeah. he does. Uh, you know, I think he's going to need to be coached up. I think you're going to have to keep his head on straight, but but but, but the – the sky's the limit with Hakeem Williams. And then the other guy I'm going to put into this category is uh, is Nathaniel Joseph. Like those are the three I feel really, 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 really good about, right? So mm-hmm. those are the three. And then I think the tier behind that, I mean, a lot of people are going, well, what about what about Jalen Brown? Um, 
And I know Jalen Brown is, he's got the track times and, you know, he has produced, I think he had over a thousand yards at, at Gulliver prep as a, as a junior to me, I still don't think he's the most natural of wide receivers um, out in Vegas. You know, it's two hand touch, but I think it was either Thursday or Friday. He caught a deep drag route and he got absolutely trucked. It was like the biggest hit I saw all weekend. Um, and he dropped the football. And I think, you know, that just, was he supposed to hold on to it in a non-padded scenario? Probably not, but you know, I think that kind of rattled him a little bit. Um, I'm just not sure how much of a killer instinct he has right now, and I'm not sure if we're gonna, if he's ever gonna have that, if if that's ever gonna be him. So, I think he's more of a, a linear deep ball, deep ball specialist right now. And in in this era of football, those are still super valuable. Look at the NFL, um, but I don't know if he's the guy it's third and 11 you're every time you're looking his way whereas some of those other receivers i think those are going to be your quarterback favorites those are the guys that you know are going to be able to beat a a one-on-one um that's just kind of how i feel about Jalen. go go ahead with Jalen, how much would you push back on a like i'm not super passionate about this comp but how do you think he compares to anthony schwartz who puts up his track times were on a different level but would you do you think they might be similar type football players? Well, that's that's the guy I have comp to him on on okay, the, do you? The, okay. the two four seven sports profile. And and you're right, Anthony Schwartz. Well, I mean, he was like almost broke ten seconds in in the hundred, or right. he was he was super low. I I just think if anyone was familiar with Anthony Schwartz coming out, you know, he was kind of slight of frame, um, wasn't a natural pass catcher, um, kind of fought the football, and I think. All of those terms you could bring over to Jalen Brown. Um, and, you know, Anthony Schwartz, what did he go day three? He's with the Cleveland Browns right now. Like, he's yeah, still someone. first pick, I think. Yeah, he's still someone that that decision makers, executives value because of that, because yeah. of that speed. I guess what I'm just saying about Jalen Brown is he's not, you know, don't, don't view him as a, a for sure wide receiver one or, or anything like that. I think in the past I've even comped him to, kind of like a Will Fuller who was like a deep ball specialist. And that's Fair. just what I see yeah. from, from, from Jalen right now. And, you know, I, there's I nothing think, wrong with that, by the way, am I exactly, like, exactly. And I, I think he's got to lift some weights. I, I think, you know, is he a guy that likes the weight room or, you know, we don't really know cause he's, he's doing so many different things. Um, and then, you know, right behind Jalen Brown, cause I, I don't, I don't want to toss him out and, and, you know, sure. he wasn't there is, is Andy Jean. Um, and I know Gabby saw him work out at Miami on what was that Wednesday, you know, just talking with some college contacts, contacts and, you know, I kind of, you know, sometimes you just, you, you, you just, you be, you be, you be ears. You just listen to what these people yeah. are saying. Coaches and, love them. Yeah. The, the college feedback on him is, is, yeah. is really good. Um, and I always, you know, we, we currently have him as a three-star and, you know, does he finish there? I I don't know. I hopefully not. You know, I always go back to that game against IMG Academy where he had over 130 yards receiving it and two touchdowns. So he's he's someone that you know I want to know. Can he break into that that alpha alpha category? Um, and someone that I think a senior season is going to be so important just to track. And like I mean, Damari Brown, I guess moving off the wide receivers. Um, 
you know, just kind of your thoughts on him after seeing him a popular name, you know, with Miami fans, of course, at cornerback, another guy who was at Miami on Wednesday, didn't work out for the staff, but was kind of hanging out and, you know, has sort of emerged as maybe one of those top of the board, I guess, type of guys for, for Jamal Day. And, you know, so just what, what did you see from him out in Vegas and uh, kind of your overall thoughts on him after watching him in that setting? So uh, the second one you said was uh, Sharif Denson, right? Well, no, I mean, just Jamar, Damari Brown, but we can talk okay. about Sharif Denson too, okay. because yeah, he worked out for Miami too. Okay. I, I was confused. I was like, I thought Sharif worked out on, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I did there. You know, Damari um, is a guy that I, I I've liked uh, and he was part of a, a loaded South Florida express secondary. Um, I don't really recall like one particular standout play, which maybe is more of a testament just to how solid he was all, all weekend. I think the thing with Damari and the conversation you need to start having is, is he going to be a safety? Um, yeah. Cause he's a, he's a big dude. I mean, we list him at six, one 180 pounds, but I mean, he's gotta be maybe 190, 195. I get DJ Ivy vibes with him. And I don't think that's like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just, I see like from a body type perspective, right. similarities, right. you know, he, he, that, and, and DJ wasn't a track kid coming out either. You know, like, I think that's kind of a, a, a perfect play style comp in terms of, Damari is a big, like long, physically imposing guy that probably doesn't have um, that that elite top end top end gear, which you can you you can hide those guys these days. I mean, those right. guys are still valuable um, in in terms of run support, but I I I wouldn't view him as this like long, um, twitched up type of corner that is going to be able to run for days. So you know, I I thought he was solid. Um, he didn't make my my dream team, you know. I don't I don't recall any like super um, notable plays, but he's good and he's at Alabama this weekend. Am I, am I wrong on that? Alabama's where he's yeah, visiting. I believe. I, so. I I think he they're the team to they're the team to watch. Um, you know, he visited Clemson with those thirty one other guys the first weekend of June, and just kind of reading the tea leaves or you know connecting dots. I, I think if those guys don't commit then or, or, or in the right. weeks coming out of that, like they're probably not going to end up at Clemson and it, we'll see if my, my theory holds true. Um, but he, he really likes T Rob and, you know, Alabama's had so much success at American heritage where I, I think he could fall in love. And if that's a marriage, then, then Miami doesn't have a chance. Now, if, if, if Miami weathers this storm this weekend, I think, you know, he could absolutely end up, at Miami, and then you got to you just got to play defense against Oklahoma, LSU, and schools like that. Come come the fall months. And what about, oh, what about yeah? What about Denson? Um, you know my colleague uh, Chris Singletary, he 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 really liked Denson. Um, Denson kind of worked more on the inside as as an inside inside corner. Um, I think he's a, a nickel. He's kind of yeah, smaller. That's that's what I think. And if he is a if he is a slot corner, you know how much can he how much can he help you on first and second down is my is my kind of question with him in terms of all right if there's a 225 pound running back in the alley um, right. can he stop this guy because I, I I do think coverage wise he's he's pretty buttoned up um, and I speed has been a question with him that's true and I I know he ran a four five or. I heard he ran a four five at, yeah. at at Alabama, and, and what did he run at Miami on Wednesday? Yeah, four five. Yeah, like mid four fives. And, and that's a guy that you know tore his meniscus a couple of years ago. Um, 
and he's he's rehabbed well so so he's fine i mean is he my favorite inside corner in the class of 2023 no but he, i i think he can play at at the at the power five level absolutely um at, at miami's level and uh i i just do think florida is going to be hard to beat there both parents were, were gators um and then texas a&m is involved as well and you know anytime texas a&m is involved it's it's going to be a right. battle in this era yeah Any, i have one more oh sorry David. One, just one more guy for you uh andrew just because it seems like he's kind of coming on miami's radar a little bit more maybe some others is conrad hussey i know he made your dream team too what did you see from him because it feels like he's a guy that miami could potentially turn to at safety as well yeah um he was awesome multiple interceptions he was playing for defcon which is kind of the third south florida based team that was out there and I mean, the one with the real South Florida roster, <laughs> um, you know, they made it to the final four and really it was just because they were playing the right schemes. All their guys are on the same page, which was cool to see. I mean, you know, I, I live in Broward County, so, I, you know, I was cheering for those guys or, or hoping they'd make it fun. Um, Hussey, I mean, it, it's been really an awesome three months for him and, and his running mate in that secondary, King Mack, the, the, yep. the safety at St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, both those guys started – um as juniors for the raiders helped them win a, a 7a state title king's a guy we have in the top 247 um you know cooper patagna and, and gabe brooks my, my 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 colleagues really really like him uh he's just on the smaller side on the flip side conrad hussey who we just made a a four-star prospect i mean he's he's a big dude 60 200 pounds and defcon was actually playing him at corner um, and he held his own, which was which was impressive. I, I think he's a guy that you can play him in the box. You can play him in, you know, as a deep field safety. You know, he can cover tight ends. I mean, we at least saw him cover some some faster wide receivers out there. Um, and you know, I if you had told me he was a, a sub eleven kid, I'd be like, no way. And, and he was. You know, he went ten nine, and speed isn't the end all be all. But his highlight tape's fun. He's checking off all these right boxes. Um, and I, I go back to what someone asked me, I don't know, a year ago, like, where are the safeties in South Florida? And it was a good question, you know, cause it didn't seem like the 23 cycle had any, and it's like all of a sudden all these, you know, King Mac emerges, Conrad Hussey emerges. Um, I'll just not like close with this, but there are a lot of other schools out there that recruit South Florida that are wondering how Miami would be able to sign a kid out of St. Thomas Aquinas, given the fact that. Jason Taylor isn't a full-time assistant and he's on Miami staff and the NCAA has that rule. So that's, that's the one thing I will say about Conrad Hussey that, you know, can Miami realistically even go after him? I, I don't really know the answer to that. Yeah, they don't, we got that too with Miami central. Right. Um, but our early feedback is that Miami's not really concerned about that rule. I don't know. Right, right, so right. So we'll like, see. I keep asking and like, cause the central is a, a hot button one as well. Right. And like, I do ask other schools and they're like, there's no way that they're getting some waiver. I, I mean, I don't know the answer to any of that. Like Correct. I don't. Um, and, and I actually, while we're talking about central real quick, uh, Lamar Seymour, I thought he was, he had a really, really good tournament. We actually moved him up in the, in the rankings a little bit um, in that three-star range. He's a guy that is growing more and more on me. Um, mm -hmm. and the college feedback on him is also awesome. Um, and I think it was Malachi Nelson said that out of all the receivers on the South Florida express, 
uh, Lamar has the best hands. So, you know, what does that, what does that mean? I, I don't know, but he's a guy who, I mean, when Miami committed, I mean, he was just such a, a young pup. We didn't really like know right. anything. And he's like kind of found his own personality. He carries around that Yoda doll or, or, yeah. or, 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 or whatnot. But, um, you know, there's a lot of schools that are, 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 are trying to position themselves to make a move on him if he's not able to sign with Miami. So I thought it was a good four days for him, and he definitely deserves a shout-out uh, for that. I got two kind of big-picture-ish recruiting questions, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, let's start with this one. Just Is there anyone you feel like Miami should be targeting in the state that they aren't necessarily going hard at? at this point oh well you know like i I would say the um the two safeties at aquinas but i kind of just outlined like i don't know if they right i don't know if they can if they can do that um i'm scrolling through the rankings i guess i wasn't prepared for this jakeem jackson is a guy gabby's intrigued by and 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 with jakeem you know he's a He's a a, a a toolsy guy. Um, you know, I, I like him a lot. He's going to need some time to to get coached up. Um, in the same conversation, though, I think Robert Stafford, who visits in, what, mm-hmm. next week, midweek, like I think they're kind of similar players. Um, maybe Stafford's more safety, but, you know, I don't know if you can take two of those guys, but I think getting one of them, is something that they should absolutely do. Um, we talked about kind of like locker room dudes and anyone that follows my work knows that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a super huge fan of this guy, but like to me, like Grayson Howard, the linebacker up in Jacksonville, I, I think he's kind of an alpha. Um, I just think if Miami were to get involved, it's, it's way too late. You know, Olsen Pratt, Pat Henry, the, the tight end over in, in Naples and your neck of the woods uh, David that committed to um, committed to Clemson. Like I, I think that's a really really good prospect. And and I know Miami just got uh, Jackson Carver, but he was he was one. So I, I, I don't. No one immediately immediately jumps out. Um, I just do think it's interesting that Miami's kind of really recruiting outside of the state of Miami, um, right? And really recruiting kind of nationally. Um, what one hot name on the board, I guess now is Daniel Harris at Gulliver. What just kind of your take on, on him? Because, uh, you know, official visits to Michigan, Ohio state, I mean, going up to Georgia, I think people are asking why Miami might not be so involved here. Uh, what, what would you, what do you have to say about him? I mean, he's, he's, he's a project, you know, I saw him at FAU. They had like a tri-county championship on, on Thursday. I thought it was the best he's looked at corner since I've seen him first come onto the scene two, three years ago. Um, he's, he's going to have, he's going to need some time. And like, I think Georgia is going to be really, really hard to beat there. And maybe, maybe Miami knows that. Um, I also think that there are some people at Miami that, that have the full kind of landscape on, on Daniel Harris. And, and remember, I mean, his brother was at one time committed to Miami. So, you know, I I don't think there's like bad blood, but I think they have, you know, they might know more than others in terms of, you know, what you're getting in Daniel Harris um, as a, as a person, both on and off the field. And I'm not saying Daniel's a bad kid or anything, but they, Miami just knows more. Um, and, you know, I, like I said, I think he's going to go to Georgia uh, Bulldogs. 
like snuck in and, and worked an FIU camp on Wednesday and, and Daniel Harris worked out for Fran Brown. Um, so he's good. And, you know, uh, I'll add this with, with Daniel Harris. Like to me, he's a guy that's going to need two to three years um, to get coached up and, and yeah. Georgia can afford to take him because they go and get uh, AJ Harris on, on Thursday right. night, who I think is one yeah. of the most ready college ready corners there is in the class of 2023. So that's the luxury. If you're, if you're the bulldogs, I, and yeah, I don't know Miami's cornerback board is once uh, as good as I once did, but I don't know how much of a big project they could take. So let's get you out of here on this. Just big picture. Uh, Miami's class, Miami's recruiting efforts and maybe what we think could happen in the future. Just overall, what do you think about the job they've done so far in this 2023 cycle? Currently six commits. So they're definitely playing things slow. And like you said, recruiting nationally, chasing some, chasing some big fish. Um, And also too, within that question, Gabby, just Miami's kind of buzz within the state, right? So Billy Napier's new at Florida. Uh, Mike Norvell's doing his thing at Florida State. Uh, Gus Malzahn trying to get UCF leveled up. Um, what do you think about the buzz Miami currently has in the state right now? Uh, I mean, I, Miami's a school that I I hear kids bring up. Um, I, I think when I take a step back and look at what Miami's doing, like they are in it for as many right national blue chippers as the, as they've ever been. Am I wrong here? Like this it's, feels yes. It's like, yeah. Like surge 18 or was it storm 18 storm storm 18 surge 19? I think um, that's kind of the feeling I get. Like if, if, if the, the opening finals were a thing this year, like Miami would be one of those teams that has like a ton of targets at it. And I don't think that was ever correct. W- would have ever, ever been the feeling under, the Diaz administration. They were very regional recently. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and they're going national now. Um, so like the framework and, and the groundwork there is there where they could, it could be a, a really, really special class. Um, but I think that's going to come down to how things right. go on the field in, in 2022. Um, so what do you think is the minimum? like regular season win total that's acceptable. I think they got to get to eight, right? Yeah, definitely. I think eight's the minimum. I think nine for like a legit class. Right, right. And and, and Mario's going to work as hard as anyone. Um, yeah. I guess it, it seems like to me they're, they're, they're trying to – they're rolling the dice that Tyler Van Dyke's going to be good. Again, we're going to win games and and, and – we're going to make a splash and kids are going to want to come join the class. You know, I don't, yes. I guess, let me ask, let me not push back on you guys, but there's a long lengthy list of targets and I know you can find it on inside the U.com, but you know, how many plan B's have they identified? If things, were I don't to go- think, yeah, I don't think that's really how they operate. Would you agree with that Gabby? I think they go all in on like big, big, big time targets. And if they miss on that target, they kind of like they just shift to a another big, big target. Name. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think they're shifting to other big targets is I think, yeah, there's a few plan B guys around, but I think right now it's, I think now they're maybe starting to figure out, okay, who do we need to start pivoting to? Like maybe even at like, I'll, I'll say I'll use like linebacker, for example, like 
I think that's a position where they're kind of like, okay, we need to maybe start figuring out what's next for us. Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, I don't want to knock their recruiting efforts. I think it's impressive the guys they've got on campus. Impressive the, um, you know, collection of, of, of dudes. I mean, we, we have not seen this. In, in, I think in, going national needed to happen, right? If Miami's yeah. ever going to, quote, unquote, be back. True. Yes. I, 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 you could disagree with me here, but like where I, I, I just don't ever feel like they're in on guys that were, I'm like, man, that's like a really, really good evaluation. You know, they kind of just go for the guys that are already established. So sure. if, if, if there's, and this isn't a knock, I mean, it's just, you know, I, it, it would just be to me, like if Miami's going to get back, right. Sure. Yes. The top, five guys got to be absolute dudes right and and look right. at miami's roster right now who are the who are the dudes all right it's leonard taylor it's james williams and those guys were five stars so yes you need to go and get those guys and they're going to get those guys this cycle my concern is or not my concern but if you're a miami fan and you want to get back right get back or whatever you want to say it um you know you got it you got to hit on that on that 10 to 20 in your class and sure I don't know how that's this group's going to shape up to be that. I think because that 10 to 20, it really comes down to getting guys that are either height, weight, speed, or, or traits based or guys you can develop. And does Miami want to do that? Or are they going to go after the guy who's ranked four stars and has a bunch of offers, but no one's taking because of X, Y, Z reason or something like that. I just want to see how they, how they fill out the class. Um, Cause I think, sure. well, you know, because I think that's what it's really going to come down to filling out, filling out the two deep. You're only going to be as good as your two deep. Um, yeah. And, and stars will definitely, definitely help. But I think it comes down to that, that just overall depth and maybe I'm wrong. And, and the, and the transfer portal is kind of changing all this stuff, but I'm a believer where um, yeah, while college football is getting more, turning more and more into the NFL, I think the success or, or the formula in the NFL is you kind of build your roster through the draft, right? So that's, that's kind of recruiting and then sure. you supplement with, with the big free agents, which is, which is the transfer portal. And then, then, you know, the argument to that as well, the Rams didn't have any draft picks, but it's like, yeah, they, they, they built it and, and this is, this is their window. So I, I think recruiting is still important. I think recruiting that 10 to 15 to 20 guys in your class is, is really where you, where you can't miss. Let me ask you this too, just, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with quarterbacks, right? Um, if you were Miami, so it seems like Miami's all in on Emery Williams, right? Um, a three-star quarterback out of the panhandle that quite frankly, I haven't seen other than the, the huddle highlights and all that. And I'm curious what you would think if he was the only quarterback. And I'm curious, like in Miami's class, and I'm curious if you were Miami, would you go all in on doing what it takes to land a Jaden Rashada or a Dante Moore? That might sound silly, I guess, on the surface. Because I mean, this is this is like a loaded question, okay? Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is loaded. Um, I think Miami seems to think very, very highly of Emory Williams, right? So if you think yes. this is your guy, right, and you know, I'm, I'm, I will be, I'm not actually not going out to the elite 11 this year, but you can sure as hell bet I'm going to be sitting at my house, you know, trying to watch what I can. Cause I, I want to see what he looks like alongside the other 19 right. arms that are out there. I think Miami's looking for a reason to take him. If he went out there, 
he's their guy, right? So if that's your guy, right, and he checks the box in terms of leadership and all that stuff, then and then then take him. And when it comes to these Dante Moores and these Jaden Rashadas, I would only take them if I am convinced like this it's a everyone in the building is on the same page right it can't be well some people want them some people don't because i think the scenario you run yourself into nil obviously is going to play a factor with both those guys the last thing you want is to take a guy and then that guy's not leaving because you know he's he's got this contract where he's getting nil money and i think people need to realize i mean quarterbacks flame out at an extremely high rate like the odds of them hitting is super low. So what happens with some of these NIL deals two, three years down the line? And, and that's not being talked about enough. So um, it, it, the, th- the third, this is what I would do, right? This, if I'm Miami, this is what I would do. You know, I, I'd have that long, hard conversation, everyone on the staff about taking a Rashada or Dante Moore if we're on, ba- if we're on board, you know, do it. If, if it's kind of one foot in, one foot out, then, then don't do it. Go get Emory, Emory Williams. But if you're, if Emory Williams is just going to be the sole arm in this class, then they need to pivot right now to who they're going to go after in the class of 2024. And you got to right. go get an elite arm now. Correct. Um, and, you know, I was talking with someone because they were kind of asking me my, my thoughts about this. And well, well, they'll get an elite dude in, in, in the 2024 cycle. And Can't I'm like, think that way. I'm like, I'm like, will they? Because, Dylan Rayola, the number one guy, is already committed to Ohio right. State. CJ Carr is committed to Notre Dame. You haven't got DJ Lagway on campus. Jaden Davis has never been on campus. Julian Sayan has never been on campus. So I guess Isaac Wilson, the brother of uh, Zach Wilson's, kind of the dude. And which is if if that's what you want to do, I'm I'm here for it. I'm an, I'm an Isaac Wilson He's fan. Good, but yeah. It, it, if if Emory Williams is the guy, then you need to be all over the next elite 2024 arm now. So you're not in the same situation where you're like, well, we're not, we're not in and on any of the big guys. Um, that's just my thought. Like I, I would also try to get Jaden Davis to reclassify the class of 2024 quarterback. He was out in Vegas. I, I think I might be the president of his fan club, but I'm surprised no one that's in this whole musical chairs game hasn't gone to him and been like, Hey, how, who, who knows how long this NIL windows open um, come be our, our 2023 and take a red shirt year. All right, we'll get you out of here on that, Andrew. Good good thoughts, fair thoughts, uh, as always. And uh, just as a disclaimer, Gabby and I recorded uh, the second half of this podcast, so after this commercial break, on Thursday afternoon. And we kind of hinted that the Jaden Rashada pushing back his commitment thing that was planned to happen on Saturday, uh, we, were, we were getting some word that that might happen. And so we didn't straight up like report it or because it, it was still kind of up in the air um, when we talked about it in the podcast on Thursday. So if seem, if things seem a little outdated, that's why. But I, I think you can still get a sense for where things are at, maybe with Miami's pursuit of Jaden Rashada. And uh, on that note, uh, let's take a commercial break. All right, we are back. Wanted to thank Andrew again for jumping on us or on us with on with us and sharing his thoughts on everything he saw out in Vegas. Um, Gabby, let's uh, move the show forward by previewing this weekend of official visitors. Um, before we do that, though, I want to talk about quickly um, a quarterback target. 
that's been a little hot and cold up and down with Miami. And that is um, top 50 recruit Jaden Rashada. Uh, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, he ranks number 45 overall in the country. 24-7 Sports has him at number 29 overall in the country. Um, and if that, so that would mean if he signed today, he would be a five-star, according to 24-7 Sports. The composite has him slightly lower. Uh, regardless, he is a big-time quarterback prospect, a lot of talent out of Pittsburgh, California. Um, visited Miami back in spring, in the spring, and uh, following that visit, it did seem like things were trending up for Miami. Um, things cooled off since then as he as he made his way to other stops around the country, including Florida, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. I believe he might have even had like an unofficial visit to Oregon, uh, amongst others. Uh, but he is one of the top quarterbacks still available, and he is set to announce on June 18th. Um, it seems like Miami is kind of hanging by a thread, maybe, if you're being optimistic, the belief right now, you know, uh, if he does go through with his announcement on Saturday is it's a Florida, Texas A&M battle. Um, but how do you think Miami fans should view this announcement going into this weekend, Gabby? Yeah. Um, has that June 18th commitment. So that would be Saturday, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think right now, as things currently stand, I think it's probably fair to to view Florida, Texas A&M, maybe even LSU. I mean, I'd probably lean closer to A&M and, and Florida right now as the heavy favorites. Uh, you know, if, if you're Miami, I, I think if, if I guess if you're a Miami fan, I think one thing that you could potentially I, I guess could potentially keep Miami in the mix here is if uh, let's say he were to postpone that Saturday commitment and maybe go ahead and commit at another time, uh, maybe not so far away. Again, not saying that that's happening. I'm not projecting any that, for anything like that to happen, but let's say he, he doesn't commit on Saturday. I think that that would probably be a positive sign for Miami because that would probably indicate that there's another team involved. And if there's another team involved, I think that there's a chance that, you know, Miami could be that school. Of course there's Oregon in the mix. Uh, Cal is like his hometown school, but um, again, it, right now, as things currently stand, expect to make that commitment on Saturday. Uh, if Miami were to sort of make a push or be in the mix here, it would only be an indication if he were to maybe postpone and and not and go. The reason he would do Saturday. that, the reason why he would do that, maybe from a Miami perspective, is if um, you know he has four official visits already taken, he has one remaining. Right. So if he did push back to me, it would indicate he wants to take that fifth official visit. And that's where you might see Miami get in the mix and try and bring him down. Right. Um, so that's just kind of what we would maybe keep an eye on. Right. I mean, we have no reason to believe as we speak right now on, uh, you know, we are recording this part of the podcast on Thursday afternoon. Um, but yeah, let's just see if he goes through with his commitment this weekend. If he does, uh, Florida, Texas A&M could be tough to beat. If he pushes back, keep an eye out for Miami making a late push. Fair to say? Yeah, I think that's well, I think that's well said. Okay. Um, let's jump into this weekend. The guys we know that are going to visit. 
Um, let's start with the highest ranked guy, and that is Jaden Wayne, the edge rusher out of uh, Lincoln High School in Tacoma, Washington. He is currently a top 50 player, according to the composite, ranks number 41 overall in the country. So he's um, fallen back slightly as the rankings adjust throughout the cycle. Still a big-time player, top 50 players. You want as many of those, of course, as you can get. Um, he has already visited Georgia. He's already visited LSU. Uh, he is set to visit Oregon the last weekend of June. And then Alabama is a school that's kind of always looming for Jaden Wade. Jaden visited Miami last year for Paradise Camp. He came back for Elite Prospect Day uh, with the Mario Cristobal staff in January, and he makes his return this weekend. Gabby, what do we need to know here? Yeah, uh, maybe the unofficial visit champion of the class of 2023. Uh, I'm not I think we'd have to yeah. go back and, and check the receipts there. Mile but points. Uh, yeah, I think he definitely won the mile points award uh, or he might win it uh, this cycle, especially. I think he went to go see Michigan State unofficially at some point in June as well. So uh, got back to East Lansing. I think they're doing a good job there, too. Yeah, this is a, a massive official visit for Miami. This is someone Mario Cristobal was the first person to offer while he was at Oregon. You know, I believe he offered Jaden Wayne as a like an incoming freshman or something like that really, really early on in this process. So there's a longstanding relationship there made it down to Miami, even before Mario Cristobal got to Coral Gables was at, uh, you know, formerly known as paradise camp last year, um, you, you know, came back, spent a few days at Miami in January. We'll be back now for an official visit pretty much a year from the time he first got to Miami. So I think it's big that considering all the schools that he's been able to see that he is, you know, coming back and doing the Miami official visit. There are some big, some programs that were thought to be heavily in the mix that we're not getting official visits from, from Jaden Wayne. So I think that this is a pretty big deal. Uh, again, another guy that plays things pretty close to the vest. I think George, some think Georgia could be pretty tough to beat. And then you have to sort of, keep that Oregon visit at the end of at the end of June in the back of your head as well, because that is much closer to home and probably the most likely to keep him in the Pacific Northwest. And so uh, Jaden Wayne, yeah, big time talent, definitely someone uh, Miami would love to add to this class. I think it is worth noting that coming out of his Georgia visit, one of the insiders at 24 seven sports on the Georgia site, put in a crystal ball for Jaden Wayne. So uh you know, an opportunity for, for Miami to try and make their case. I do think there's legit interest there. I think this weekend will be telling overall, you know, as Miami takes the temperature on where exactly they stand um, for Jaden Wade. So um, hopefully from a UM perspective, things go well on that front. Um, next guy, let's, let's touch on Gabby uh, from not too far away uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, from Jaden Wayne is tight end Riley Williams ranks as the number 66 overall player in the country, according to the composite from Central Catholic High School in Portland, Oregon. Um, he has already visited Alabama. He has already visited Ohio State. Um, he is going to visit Oregon on the 24th, so next weekend. Um, he's a guy that was also down here for what, the spring game? Do I have that right? right? Was he also at Elite Prospect Day? Yeah, he was. Elite okay. Prospect Day was the first time he was down. 
came back for the spring game against someone that Mario Cristobal has a great relationship with. I believe he coached his older brother at Oregon. I think he was like a walk-on or something for the Ducks. Um, yeah, look, this is what I, who I believe to be the top tight end on Miami's board. Uh, that includes Jackson Carver, who just committed to them. Uh, that includes Reed Mikeska, who I put in a crystal ball for coming off that official visit. I still think Riley Williams is is the top target. And yeah, let, I mean, let's see if it's a situation where they have to sort of figure out. I think it's something Miami's still trying to figure out. Um, but yeah, I think this is a pretty big official visit because I think whatever happens coming off of it would probably, it's probably going to give Miami a better idea about where they stand with, with, with Riley Williams and sort of what they're going to do with the rest of the tide of, with the rest of the tight end situation with Jackson Carver already on board. So this is a, I think this is one of the more, you know, interesting visits of the weekend to me, just because it seems so, I don't want to say pressing and I don't want to say like time sensitive, just because they did pick up Jackson Carver and, you know, my Keska did cancel that Florida official visit. So could a commitment be coming soon? And if it is, I mean, I think that there's a good chance it's to Miami. So how does Miami sort of maneuver this three tight end weave that they have going on when two of the ones that maybe aren't the tippy top guys, like maybe a Riley Williams are, they could potentially get on board, but they also would love to have Riley Williams. So this is, this is probably the the most intriguing of the visits to me this weekend. And I'm pretty curious to see how this plays out and see if maybe Miami presses and says, Hey, you know, maybe we got two of these guys on board. Uh, are you in or are you out? Not saying that that's what they'll do, right. but uh, I think it's uh, something to sort of look out for. In your opinion, do you think there's any chance they take three tight ends? I mean, I just think it would be a tough sell. I Yeah, but like I, I could see them being like, yeah, you know what? We'll make room for Riley. We really like all three of these guys, but are all three of these guys going to stick around is is my question. Are all three well, of those guys yeah. going to be okay? With that could being... sort itself out, right? Yeah, exactly. That's something that exactly. That's maybe some a situation that could potentially sort itself out by signing day. Do I see him in December, you know, having three tight ends in the class? I mean, I think that would be probably tough for me, not saying it's impossible, but I think it would be tough for three tight ends who, you know, I, I mean, for, per offer sheets and, you know, how they right. sort of stack up big against time. one another have options. You know, I think all three of these guys have other notable big time options. So it, it would be interesting to me. I think if my, if it, Miami could have its way, I don't necessarily see why not. What's your sense on who the biggest threat to Miami might be for Riley? I think it might be Oregon. I mean, again, I, with Alabama and Ohio State, I feel like those two are kind of always there. I think if right. either one of them were to really, really make that push, I imagine they would just be able to be in this mix as well. But I mean, Oregon, again, Portland, Oregon kid, very close to home. I mean, I know he's one of the, their top targets out there for Dan Lanning. And again, someone I'm sure that they would love to keep in the Pacific Northwest. I don't think that they're trying to I think on the composite, he's the number two tight end uh, in the country. Uh, so I don't, I'm not sure that's someone they're, they're necessarily ready to just allow to leave the region. So I would probably put the smart money on Oregon, but I'm not counting out Miami. I know that they have definitely done more than enough to, to impress Williams family. He came with his entire family to the spring game. Right. Like, there was a lot of people with him. So I he's think there's some twice. Yeah. And, he, and he's come twice. And that's a cross country trip. Like right. it doesn't get much further distance wise than Miami to Portland. So um, I, I really think he's seriously, seriously considering Miami. Let's stick inside the top 100 with the next prospect uh, visiting this weekend. That's John Walker, the massive defensive tackle, uh, Maybe not massive, but he's he's physically imposing. Six three three ten, 
out of Osceola Kissimmee High School. Uh, ranked as the 97th overall player in the country by the composite. Um, Gabby, you kind of hinted at this one. You went up and went to their spring game. And, uh, you know, you made at that time, right, he was not planning to officially visit Miami. Um, but he did make it clear to you that even though that wasn't happening, he still had Miami in his top, what did he say at the time, four, three? Yeah, top three. Uh, and so that kind of proved to be true, right, as weird as that was, uh, because he – who did he cancel? Do you remember who he canceled? I think it his was USC that he canceled. I think his profile is a little, I'm not sure how, like, I'm not saying anything's wrong, but like his profile had him at Michigan this week, but I believe of the four, cause I know he reshuffled it. I think of the, of the five, I think USC was the one that got the boot. Okay. And so he's set to visit Miami this weekend. He's to me, he's an interesting prospect, Gabby, cause I think he's the guy that, the coaching industry likes maybe, I mean, he's still pretty highly ranked. He's, he's still a top 100 guy, but he's a guy that I think the coaching industry feels like is one of the best defensive tackles in the country. And right now he ranks as the 11th best defensive tackle in the country, which very good in its own right. Um, but I think coaches, once they get around him, meet him, talk with him, I think they really, really like what he's about. Um, so I could see him definitely from a mentality standpoint, being a Mario Cristobal type of recruit. Um, so going into this weekend's visit, what, uh, what should Miami fans know about Mr. John Walker? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the things that you said, I believe to be true, David, uh, you know, he has sort of that kind of like that alpha mentality where he's kind of a, a mean guy where he sort of has that, that mean streak and, you know, again, on the uh, people, uh, again, the coaching community is really, really high on him. What, some of the feedback I've gotten from John Walker is just, you know, just kind of him being on campus. Some guys go on these unofficial visits and they're there to, you know, take photos and all that stuff. Like he didn't really care about any of that stuff. He wanted to sit in the film room and, and learn how Miami could develop him. And I think that's something that really, you know, has Miami high on him. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty big visit. Again, the fact that he reshuffled all those things after he originally wasn't going to get to Miami, I think is pretty notable. Again, uh, some people say things and other people do things. I think he did kind of what he, you know, maybe felt was best for him if he was, you know, if he was doing right by what he was telling Miami. And that was that they were one of his top schools. So um, I do think that this is a pretty big visit. I'm still looking at Florida here. He's not making a commitment until I think late October. And I think his official visit uh, just before that is to, right. is to Florida, Florida that, that, uh, that weekend of October 15th, which I believe is for the LSU game, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's going to be a pretty big weekend in Gainesville. And, you know, when I went up to, uh, you know, to Osceola to see him, he was decked out in a Florida tracksuit, Florida hoodie, Florida pants, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, so I'm still watching the Gators, but I think Miami has a, a pretty decent shot here of, you know, maybe changing the tide a little bit. It is worth noting that Ohio State currently has one crystal ball logged. Um, he's going to visit Ohio State on the 24th. So uh, one more weekend, he's going to be up in Columbus. Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy to me for this weekend in terms of what type of move can Miami make with John Walker? Uh, next guy to touch on, uh, Deron Reed out of Columbus, Georgia. 
goes to Carver High School, um, ranked as the, he's a four-star, ranked as the number 227th overall player in the country. Um, he's a guy that Miami, this this staff has, uh, you know, quietly built a solid relationship with, I feel. Um, but I do think the SEC is also highly targeting him particularly LSU, I think might be in a good position here. Um, he's going to visit Auburn after he visits Miami. And then he's also set to visit Ohio State on the 24th as well. And I know the Buckeyes highly value Deron Reed as well. Um, what do we need to know about going into this official visit, Gabby? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like this LSU visit went well. Uh Director of recruiting Steve Wiltfong dropped a, a crystal ball for the Tigers coming off that visit. I do think the SEC is pretty intriguing, but like you said, I mean, this is someone who I believe in the recruiting rankings. I think he, I think he's ranked pretty high. So the composite has him as a, you know, number 34 defensive lineman, 227 overall. Uh, but I think again, body type wise, six, five, two sixty. Right. I, I'm just kind of seeing him in person. I believe that he's all of that. And uh, again, I think he's someone that's really athletic too. someone that Miami kind of prioritized early on in this process of sorting through all these defensive linemen. And uh, I think Darren Reed is a, uh, is someone they really, really like. So again, it'll be interesting to see what the vibe is coming off of this visit. I never really felt like Miami was the team to beat here. Uh, so again, let's see right. if, if, if they can do anything to maybe overtake that that LSU or, or even Ohio state who, you know, has some, has some juice in this recruitment as well. Going into this weekend, I would view those as the top two schools for Reed, maybe even Auburn ahead of Miami too. Um, But we'll see. That's why official visits are important. You can make a move during them. Uh, Offensive lineman, Logan Howland out of the Hun school in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, Let's discuss him next. Gabby. Three-star guy, uh, number 571 overall in the country. Has a big frame, 6'7", 280 pounds. Uh, Has already visited Michigan and Oklahoma. So that's an impressive bunch in terms of producing top-level offensive linemen. Iowa, he's going to visit on June 24th, another impressive offensive line school. So he's a guy that is a three-star but his offer sheet would lend you to believe he's one of the more talented offensive linemen in the country. Uh, What do we need to know here, Gabby? Yeah. Someone Miami identified, I think pretty early on, you know, again, earlier than maybe some of the other major power five schools and, you know, got him down for an unofficial visit and all that stuff. I feel like he started to blow up later, you know, even into the spring a little bit where Michigan and some of these other schools got involved. And I think that this is a, you know, an, an offensive tackle that, I think they're really intrigued by. I'm not necessarily sure that he is probably on the tippy top of this board. Again, there's a lot of big names that I think there's that they're still kind of going after. Howland is one I, I'm sure that they would love to add. Uh, so again, I'm I'm again what the feel's gonna be coming off of this official is interesting. I would probably at this point lean towards, you know, let's see it. I, I'm kind of you know more concerned about maybe a Michigan or an Oklahoma. I mean, Iowa. I think are all in the mix there too. So um, right now, I, I think this can change. I mean, this has changed in the past where Miami's gone into a visit being like, yeah, we like him, uh, but maybe we like a few guys a little bit more and have come away kind of, you know, feeling a lot better about it. I'm not sure if that's exactly what the situation is going to be here, but um, you know, I know Howland is someone they're super intrigued by. 
And, uh, you know, I think that they think he has a really promising future ahead of him, but they're still going after a lot of big names too. So um, let's see how this one sort of shakes out. Next guy I want to touch on is interesting. Uh, Juco official visitor, wide receiver Colby Young at a Lackawanna Community College. Uh, the Juco that produced Bryant McKinney. Uh, Colby Young is... A uh, big, long, intriguing receiver, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. Um, lots of potential there. He's raw. He's got a lot to clean up in his game, but there is big play ability there because of his length um, and ability to attack the ball. Um, what's what's what do we need to know about Colby Young, Gabby? Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely an interesting situation. A junior college guy who's actually like he's capable of just enrolling right. at whatever school that he wants to go to next at any time because uh a lot this of the time yeah there's i mean really the, the potentially the like second summer session i think uh, right. i think this visit's going to be a it's going to be pretty big for him i mean i spoke with colby on the phone a little bit on what was it wednesday late afternoon and it sounds to me like you know if this miami visit goes well uh, this is this is a move he could potentially make. I think he's trying to figure out what his next stop is so that he can get there as soon as possible, enroll in classes, and you know start being around the team because he is someone that can join this. He will be on a roster this upcoming 2022 season. So um, he's listed as a 2023, really is a 2022 because again he's going to be on whatever team he chooses this upcoming year. So uh, this could be a again Miami David. We've been talking about it. They kind of after the spring game were kind of like. We need another right. receiver. They went after, of course, the Jordan Addisons. They went after a couple other transfer portal or, or you know, other wide receivers that were, you know, potentially available, all that good stuff. Um, Colby Young is potentially the guy that they can land against six foot four, 220 pounds, big body uh, that has some, some ability to stretch the field. So uh, yeah. I, I think that this is a, a pretty intriguing situation for Miami fans to sort of monitor because uh, I think he's probably most likely to walk away from this official visit committed. He has already visited Pittsburgh earlier this month. Um, and Virginia Tech might be sniffing around a little bit too. He hasn't visited there. Yeah. Tennessee, uh, well, Tennessee thought that they were going to get him on campus this weekend and he reshuffled okay. things around and uh, basically decided to come to Miami instead of going to Tennessee. So I think that that's a pretty big deal as well, that there's another SEC school that was in the mix. He intrigues me. Uh, you touched on it, stretch the field ability. I think, right, with, with Tyler. Tyler Van Dyke's big arm and ability to push the ball downfield. You got to have a receiver that can finish on those plays. Um, I think Miami has some guys that could finish on those plays, uh, but it's not at a consistent level, or at least it wasn't, you know, as we saw in the spring game. Uh, can Colby be that guy? I think you got to wait and see because uh, Juco guys can be, uh, you know, the hit rate on them can be, uh, 50, 50, maybe. Um, but there is intriguing traits there on Colby young. Uh, and he does come down with the ball deep down the field is he's different to me than like a Frank Ladson type who I think can burn. He, you know, Frank Ladson has the size of Colby. Young. Colby's probably, I don't know, maybe a little longer. I don't know. Um, 
But Frank to me is more of a burner, more of a straight line guy that can get behind a defense. I don't know if Colby can necessarily get behind a defense, um, but he's a guy that will win a lot of 50, 50 battles. So when you have a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke and he has that type of receiver to work with, or even just the threat of that type of receiver, uh, it can do a lot of good things for your offense. So I'm here for, you know, continuing to take swings for this 2022 roster, um, exploring this Colby young situation. All right, let's go on to quarterback Emery Williams. Um, a guy who seems poised to be uh, potentially Miami's quarterback signee in this class. Uh, he worked out for Frank Ponce and the other decision makers on UM staff uh, the previous Saturday. That workout uh, went well, according to them. And so now he's going to return to Coral Gables for an official visit. I think it's worth noting too, Gabby, that it looks like he was thinking about throwing for some other schools and that might not have happened. So what do you make of his visit this weekend? Yeah, I think it's a pretty big deal. Um, I know that there was a, there was an SEC school that had a couple of camp dates uh, this coming weekend that I believe would have been the only windows uh, for Emory to potentially go throw for them. Uh, he didn't do that. I know that there's another school that had a camp this week that they were trying to get him on campus to throw for them. And he didn't do that either. And, uh, you know, he's going through with this official visit to Miami this coming weekend. And, you know, again, I don't think that there's going to be much room next week because he does have the elite 11, uh, the following weekend, which will keep him out of legends camp, which is unfortunate because we won't be able to see him throw in person, but he's going to go out to the elite 11. And, uh, I, I find it pretty unlikely that he goes and throws for, for anyone else that week. Uh, you know, just kind of, I'm sure he'll be right. working all week to prepare for that event. So, um, you know, again, I think that this is a, a good official visit for Miami, especially coming off the unofficial visit that he had, um, last weekend where he was able to throw for the staff. And yeah, I, I still think things are trending the right way here with Miami and, he's someone that they value highly, you know, despite what the recruiting rankings say. And, uh, you know, that, that, that workout he put yeah. on for the staff was impressive they love for a lot of people. Yeah. They really like him. So let's just say hypothetically, uh, Jaden Rashada pushes back his commitment date, right? Um, does that change anything in your opinion with Emory or would Miami be perfectly willing to take two quarterbacks? Yeah, they would be they would be good taking two quarterbacks. Um, I think that that's something that they would be willing to do just kind of based on some conversations. Cool. Uh, coming with uh, Mr. Williams, I think it's notable, too, is his teammate, uh, wide receiver Raymond Cottrell, who is a four star prospect currently committed to Georgia. Uh, he ranks as the number. 101 player in the country, according to the composite, uh, big, strong wide receiver, 6'2", 203. Um, last weekend, he visited Texas A&M. So while he is committed to Georgia and has been for quite a good bit, uh, he committed to Georgia last November. Um, he is doing his due diligence and exploring some options. What do we need to know about this one, Gabby? Yeah, uh, this is kind of the, 
you know, for our inside view subscribers, a secret visitor, you know, kind of hinted at it on Thursday morning. Uh, you know, I, I hope at I hope at this point it's out there, but uh, yeah, Raymond Cottrell will be there. Um, big, I think it's a big visit. Again, this is someone I think that they've been quietly working behind the scenes. He actually unofficially visited with Emery Williams when Emery came down on that first unofficial visit earlier in the spring, I guess, or maybe it was just after spring ball. Maybe it was in May. It was in May. So um, again, which was someone, a secret, right? Which like was that. A, yeah, that was yeah. that was completely low key, like not not reported at all. Um, right. I obviously did see him because I was on campus when Emery was on campus and I went over there to talk to him and, and Cottrell was there and that was just under wraps, all that good, all that good fun stuff. So this is someone that they've been, that they've been working on. Obviously they have some traction with Emery Williams, him and Cottrell are close because that is his wide receiver. That's his go-to wide receiver. And it seems like Cottrell's kind of looking around a little bit. He went to Texas A&M for an official visit the weekend of June 10th. So I guess that was last weekend. Um, in Miami now this weekend for an official visit. Not sure if he's doing anything after that, but he was already at Georgia for his official visit with the Bulldogs the first weekend of June. And he was there with Arch Manning and a couple other top targets as well. So pretty notable that I think he's still looking around, uh, you know, despite that, you know, experience that he had with Georgia. So just a situation to monitor and uh, another blue chip visitor on, uh, you know, to add to the slate this weekend. All right. Good stuff as always, Gabby. Uh, big official visit weekend this weekend for the Hurricanes. As always, appreciate everyone for listening to this podcast. And uh, we will have a podcast on Monday kind of recapping uh, everything you need to know about the official visitors. Gabby does a good job covering it uh, on the website as well. So I would recommend a VIP subscription if you want to know what's going on in that way as well. So till next time, take care.